Okay. I just went through the Parsha, went through the Emic Dubber on the Parsha and found like four things I thought we could look at together just to get us kickstarted on this. And Safta's Neshama should have an Aliyah. She taught mm-hmm. us all so much. I think the fact that we're all here together is just like you said, Imash, it's, she, it's, all, it's just so sad that she can't be here with us because she would be so excited to be here. So anyway, in her memory. So the first thing I want to look at is Perak Yadalid Pasuk Tesvav. Um, so we're in Shmos in um, Parsha Peshach that we just read today. And basically the scene is Bnei Yisrael, they've left Mitzrayim and they can see Paro and his, all of the soldiers and they're closing in on them and they're standing at the, you know, at the seashore and there's water in front of them and this army behind them. And Moshe is calming them down. He's saying, to, you know, Pasuk Yud Gimel says, Vayomer Moshe ha'am al tiru don't be afraid. Hashem is going to come. Hashem is going to save you. As you see in Mitzrayim today, you're never going to see them again. It's like a really good pep talk, you know? Hashem's going to do all the work. You can just be quiet. Don't worry about anything. It's on Hashem. He's going to take care of you. The next pasuk is Vayomer Hashem el Moshe Matitzak Eli Daber el Bnei Israel v'Yisau. The next pasuk after Moshe gives this like rousing speech is Hashem yelling at Moshe, "Why are you yelling at me? Go talk to the people. Make them go." So there's mm-hmm. like a missing thing, right? Because Moshe is like you know talking up in Israel, Hashem's going to save you. Hashem's going to save you. And the next pasuk is Hashem saying to Moshe, "Why are you yelling at me? It's missing. There's a piece missing, right? The 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 thing Hashem is responding to is missing. So the Nitziv has a really beautiful thing on this. So on pasuk tetvav on Matitzakelai. So he says, "Mivuar Moshe palel." You know, if, if Hashem is saying, "Why are you yelling at me?" How do you It's like turns out Moshe was davening. He was davening even though he knew full well that Hashem had every intention of saving Bnei Yisrael. Even though he knew that Hashem was going to save Bnei Yisrael, he still, from Moshe's point of view, he still needed to daven. It's normal in a war situation, even for the winners to daven, because even if you're winning, there's still a chance that you know one or two or five or ten or a hundred could get picked off from your side. So you still daven. That's like lefi hateva, right? In a normal wartime situation. If you go down to the to the bottom, he uh, the nesiv explains mashe'em ken im hakol bederech nes. If you're in a miracle situation, it's not appropriate to sit there and daven because you're in a miraculous situation. This is not the place to be davening. Hashem wanted Moshe to take his assurance that Hashem was there in every aspect of this Yeshua and keep his focus on Bnei Israel and talking to Bnei Israel. And I just thought that was such a, I mean, I've never seen those words before. Like there's, a situation in which what's demanded of you is to be so sure 
that you've given up the need for tefillah because you know, and that's what it means to be in like a state of mind of the miracle. I thought that was really cool. And it was, it's one of two times in the Parsha that then it's picks up on a missing piece of dialogue. The second time is by Miriam. So Perak Tesvav Pasukaf, Vatikach Miriam Hanivia Achos Aharon Eshatov Biada. And this was after the Shira. So we had Shira Tayam, Benayisrael were saved, the Mitzrim drowned. And then it says, Miriam, the prophetess, the sister of Aaron took a tambourine in her hand, all the women went out after her, with their, you know, percussive instruments. Miriam, and Miriam answered them, So first of all, when it says, So then it says something on Achos Aaron that reminded me a lot of Saba's drasha on Rivka Aim Yaakov Esav, right? There's a, when he says, uh, Rivka was the mother of Yaakov and Esav. And Saba, why does it say that? We know that. And Saba always used to say, because even though she preferred Yaakov, she was still a mother to Esav. She didn't abandon him. She was still a mother to him. And Achos Aharon, why does it say that? Why does it have to tell us that Miriam is the sister of Aharon? We ha- it has to be a lesson there. So the lesson he learns is, that the, to teach us that the quality of her nivua was the same as the quality of Aaron. But not quite at the level of Moshe. Like their family had a thing that they were able to have access to Nivua, and Miriam and Aaron were at the same level, and Moshe was one level higher. So, but then he's bothered by the fact that it says Vata'an Lahem Miriam, that Miriam answered them. Well, but what had they said to her, right? It says she took her the percussive instruments, they followed after her, and she answered them. So he, the way that he explains it is that. They were singing a song, a very long song, but it was not inspired by Nevoah. It was not inspired by Ruach HaKodesh, so the Torah didn't print the words. It only printed the chorus that Miriam would respond at the end of each verse. They would sing their long, not, you know, uh, Ruach HaKodesh-inspired verse, and Miriam would answer with the chorus, and the chorus was, and that was inspired by Ruach HaKodesh. I thought that was really beautiful. Mm-hmm. The third thing I wanted to call your attention to, this really kind of blew my mind. So, Perak Yedalet Pasuk Lamed Aleph. This is when the Mitzrim are drowning, the miracles happen. This is um, right right as, you know, this. we actually say this in Davening. Vayosha Hashem Vayoma Hues Yisrael Miad Mitzrayim. You know, Hashem saved me Israel from Mitzrayim. Vayar Yisrael Es Mitzrayim Mesos Vashayam. They saw the Mitzrayim dying. Vayar Yisrael Es Hayad Hagdola Asher Asa Hashem B'Mitzrayim. And they saw the great hand of Hashem, what he did to Mitzrayim. Vayir Hu Am Ha'am Es Hashem. Vayaminu B'Hashem U'Mashavdo. And they were afraid. So the Nitziv has, he starts with some good questions. So if you look at the Nitziv on Pasuk Lamed Aleph. And they were afraid. It can't mean when it says that they saw, that they just saw the nace. Because if that's what they saw, it wouldn't say, It would say, 
Because the, the majority of the Nes was that he saved B'nai Israel, not that he drowned the Mitzrim. Mm-hmm. What's the Shaykhus between seeing and fearing? Why was this a bigger nace than taking them out of Mitzrayim at all? So what he explains is, Each person who died had a different kind of death that was uniquely suited to the way that he had treated B'nai Yisrael when they lived in their midst. So we say the ones who chased them and the ones who hated them were drowned in the sea. So then Siv is making a distinction between the ones who chased and the ones who hated. The soldiers were called the ones who chased. They didn't chase them out of hatred. They were just following orders. But the rest of the Mitzrim were called their haters. Their deaths were appropriate to a punishment to how they treated B'nai Yisrael. So B'nai Yisrael were able to see that there's hashkacha pratis even for non-Jews. Even more so for Hashem's people. I just thought that was so amazing. I've never seen anyone talk in, like in such a, a, a way about this, like the, the image of these soldiers and all of these Mitzrim drowning. Like part of you is like, yeah, they were so terrible. Yeah, but then there's a part of you that, I mean, this idea that they were just regular soldiers there who had to follow whatever Paro told them to do and still had this like horrific, violent death that even the Medrash says, you know, that the Malachim were upset at B'nai Yisrael for singing, right? Um, right? So there is this tradition of, you know, that in this nace there is a dark side, I guess. And I think that the the Nitzv really put his finger on that. And just by by connecting the words Vayiru and Yira, um, I thought that was really beautiful. And then the last one is, I'm sure Safta loved this one, Perek Tetvav. Let's start with Pasuk Kaf Gimel. Okay, so they arrive in this place called that they call Mara because they can't they can't drink the water because it's bitter, and they complain to Moshe, "What are we going to drink?" Hashem, Hashem and Hashem shows him this tree, this branch, and the branch is able to make the water sweet. There's like a much bigger thing happening here about Hashem, you know, being your refuah, taking care of you. 
So the Nitziv on Kiani Hashem Rofecha, I, I think he, it's a larger question, right? Oh, oh, sorry. And I forgot something. On Kaf Hey, it says, Bayim Teku Amayim. And he, he sweetened the water. And then it says, Sham Sam Lo Chok Umishpat Vesham Nisahu. There he gave them Chok Umishpat. He gave them laws and he tested them. And I, the, the Nitziv on Kiani Hashem Rofecha explains the connection between the water and the question of the sweetness of the water and then the laws. So on Ani Hashem Rofecha, he says, Dimida Zosha Rifuasa Shlema Mimachala Notein Schut Esek HaTorah. When you're connected to the Torah, when you deal with the Torah, when your life is the Torah, there is a, a, a Mida of Rifua Shlema. This is what he promised them. Hashem will take care of you, but it will be betzimtum. He's not promising you like a mansion. You know, he's promising you that your needs are going to be taken care of, but not in a big way, in a way where literally what you need, you will have. He'll be able to get his parnasa, but it'll there will be pressure. I mean that there's there's this other side to it again. It's it's not it's not easy, it's not berichov, it's bitsimtum and bidochak. Zehu darkashel Torah. Pas bemelach tochal umayim bimsora tishtevichule. I know rak beofen lahasir machala. You will be well, you will be healthy, but there's an issue of an asceticism to it, to having this life of Torah. You won't be sick, but what you need, you will have, is, is, how, he, is how he puts it. Vare melechunta dirakia. Kimalchuta de'ara, what 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 the the royal you know the royalty upstairs Hashem is the same as what it is here. Dekmo melech mazin anshe medina so ayade avodas hakarka vekadome, the way that a king will uh, feed the people of his of of his land who work the land vekadome vegam mazin anshe milchamtomi otzer hamel he will also feed the people who are part of his army. When you work for the king, you get a salary. When you work for yourself, you can eat as much as you want. That, that's what he's saying. Like that's like that's what you learn from, you know, that's what people are like, right? If you work for somebody else, you're going to get a fixed salary and you'll be able to keep working. It's different than if you work for yourself, right? There's a trade-off. When you work for yourself, you you don't live bit symptom. You can buy yourself a mansion, right? You have a much more limited what you're fed with. But you know that you're protected from sickness. That's the difference from Hashem as well between people who work and people who are Baalei Torah. Shebaalei Torah because they are Hashem's soldiers. So I just this I just thought that this was so relevant to the Gettinger family, you know, just the clay kodesh, the Mesiris Nefesh. It's just so, so like apt for Safta, like your your reward is you are a soldier in Hashem's army, you know, and you see that there are other people making other choices and you're rewarded even more from yourself psychologically from knowing that you have this protection by being willing to be satisfied by being 
fed by the king's otzar. Like if you are in Torah and that is your life, you're fed from Hashem's, from the king's otzar. Like it will always come. And I, I, I don't know, I thought that was really beautiful and very safta. Um, so that was the, those were the four psukim. 